Hey there, folks. Alex Lokes here with a solo episode today of the Classic Camera Revival. And back by popular demand, we are on to part four of our Don't Drink the Rodinol series, exploring various film developers. And this episode, I'm getting into the more exotic film developers that I've been working with through the first half of this year. So let's roll the intro and pour around. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival coming to you from the Greater Toronto-Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. So before I get into the meat of the episode, I wanted to share a little bit about how I do my film developer reviews. And you know what? My technique is far from scientific. And... Out of all my review work, this is the one where I can really have the most amount of freedom. In general, I'll use four or five rolls of film if the volume allows, sometimes even more, sometimes less. And at the start, it was easy. I had shot a lot of film and used most of your standard developers out there. Kodak D76, HC110, Xtal. Also, Rodinol, I'd started to dabble with Pyro developers, mostly PMK and PyroCAD HD, along with older options like Kodak D23, Microdoll X, and DK50, which I haven't actually reviewed yet. After these were exhausted, I could start to branch out. Adox developers became of interest, Atomol 49 and FX39 too. And then Ilford came into the mix, also a little bit of Cinestill, Spur, Roli, and more. And the more I shot, the more I used, the deeper I went into the wonderful world of chemistry. And then, of course, we had 510 Pyro, Flick Film, Black, White, and Green, and Bellini Chemistry. And it's just been an absolutely marvelous trip, and I've come across some absolutely fantastic developers, and a lot of ones that are a little more specialized that I'll definitely want to explore later and just keep in the back of my head. So, before I even consider reviewing a developer, I need to make sure that there's at least four development times there with four different film stocks at minimum. So they're the reason why I haven't reviewed things like the Atotech developers because it's really only for CMS20. But other specialty developers like HR Dev or Silvermax, you actually have more films that you can develop with it outside of that closed imaging system that they're for. Next, I try to find that, of course, any films that are specifically designed for that developer. So ADOC Silvermax, may it rest in peace, and ADOC's HR50. It also means that I can double these up. I can use both a roll of film for a developer review and a film review on the subject matter. Sourcing the more exotic developers can prove troublesome. Thankfully, we have Argentex here in Canada that has a great deal of really good and fun chemistry, and to some extent, even downtown camera in Toronto. Freestyle is decent, but you can face shipping restrictions and brokerage fees. And last of all, there's photo impacts out in Germany, but you're looking at about a month, month and a half, two month shipping from Germany to here in Canada. Choosing additional films is where the fun really starts. In the case of more exotic developers that promise fine grain, long tonal range, good accutance or edge sharpness, I, I keep a pocket of film stocks that 
can really test any developers to their limits. I'm, of course, talking like Fomapan 400 and Fan 200, Ilford SFX 200, Delta 400, and Rolli Superpan 200. Plus, I have all my old favorites like HP5, FP4, the Rolli RPX line of films, CHS 100, and more. Kentmere. And if I have a couple of rolls that I've gotten for free, even Kodak film stocks. I, I do like to balance things out between traditional cubic grain films and modern T grain or delta grain films and do a mix of 35 millimeter and 120 because everything renders differently on the on the smaller versus the larger size. I, I have brought some 4x5 into the mix sometimes, but not often, simply because I can get more bang for my buck with the roll films over sheet films. And you know what? It's just fun to see what a new developers can do. And I found plenty of new favorites and really added them into my normal chemistry kit. So Adox FX39-2, a modern take on Butler's Neofin Rouge, Adamol 49, the Adox release of the old Agfa and later Orwo developer, and Ilford's ID11 and Ilfotech HC have left gaps by D76 and HC110. I still can't bring myself to buy some of the new HC110, even though I know it is the exact same stuff. And then I just sort of look at how the developer handles the shelf life, storage option, and mixing, how it is mixed to stock or a working solution, along with tips that I've found through my own work and online reading. I see how well it holds up to what the manufacturer says about it and the results that I get. And any potential application the developer has, it usually takes one or two months to actually do a complete review, but it's really satisfying to compete. So what developers have really tickled my fancy during this first part of the year? Well, first of all, it's something a little bit out of character for me, and that's FPP's recent home ECN2 kit. Now, before you get on my case, ECN2, yes, is more than just chemistry. It's an entire end-to-end -end process with specific time and temperature tolerances and levels. And while you can't get the exact thing within a home environment, with a little bit of patience and a bit of thought into the matter, you can get pretty close. And the FPP kit really does make it easy. You get three chemicals with the kit. That's the developer, which is similar chemically to the ones used to develop slide film, a bleach, and then a fix. This, is, this means that both your bleach state and your fixed phage are separate, which means you can do the bleach bypass trick, which a lot of motion pictures have done before. The one thing that is missing from the FPP kit is a Remjet removal bath, but don't fret too much over this. You can just add a tablespoon of water to a liter of baking. Um, don't fret too much over this. You can add a tablespoon of baking soda to an at-temperature water, mix together, and then pour onto your film. Give it about five or six inversions. Um, and then pour it out and then rinse it until the water runs clear. And that's it. I highly recommend doing this before you start to do the developing. It really does reduce the amount of contamination that gets into your developer and helps extend that life. And then once you're there, it's just like any other color film developing out there. You do all the developing at about 41 degrees Celsius or 106 Fahrenheit. And you have about a plus minus one degree latitude. 
any more than that, you start to see color shifts and either under or over development. Their one liter kit is rated for about 20 rolls of film under ideal conditions. And once it's mixed, you have about two to three months of shelf life under ideal conditions. And the kit really does an amazing job. It's great if your color films of choice are of course picture film, um, the Cinestill series, Vision 3 or Fuji Eterna stocks. And don't just stick to the Vision films. It does a really great job as a cross-processor for your regular C41 films and even E6 films. And you really get to see that, especially with E6, and it works with any Ektachrome film that you have, even older stuff, you get that green-yellow euphoria look that the TV show of the same name has popularized. What I really like about ECN2 processing is that once you're done, the negatives are really easy to scan, and I do not like scanning color film. I find it incredibly difficult to color balance things accurately, and yeah, there's, there's programs out there to help with that, but I shoot so little color film, I don't find it viable as an investment. So I just stick with my Epson V700 or Nikon CoolScan 5 and use either the stock Nikon scan software or Silverfast 9. Now, Silverfast 9 has greatly improved my color scanning abilities. It does a really good job with color balance, but it's still not my favorite. Um, what are some really good films to use with it? Well, as I said before, there's a Cinestill 400D. There's a bunch of Fuji Eterna films out there. And of course, the Vision 3 films. If you want one that is a great catch-all, I suggest Vision Z 250D. It does an absolutely fabulous job, and you have at least plus minus one stop on either end. And it's just really easy to scan. It balances color nicely and works great under overcast and bright sunlight conditions. So the next one that I believe I've mentioned on the show before has been a Compard R09 Spejal. And... When I first started seeing this, I paid it little mind. I mean, you hear R09, you immediately think Rodinol. But I noticed that the volume in the bottles were smaller. So I thought, okay, you know what? It's probably for people who need small amount of Rodinol, don't want to get that big bottle because they rarely use it and they want to go through it quickly. Because Rodinol is a highly dilute developer. You mix it as either 1 to 25, 1 to 50, or 1 to 100, 1 to 200 for stand developing. Why would I buy these smaller bottles of Rodinol when I just have a big one and it lasts forever? And then I saw it again, but this time under Rodinol Special. So this further increased my belief that this was just a smaller volume of Rodinol. No big deal. Except I accidentally hit on it on the massive dev chart one time and I noticed that the dilutions were different. They were 1 to 15, 1 to 30, 1 to 31. Well, maybe it's an HC 110 clone, but the times didn't line up for 1 to 15 or 1 to 31 of HC 110 either. So what was it? Well, I started looking a little bit more and more and couldn't find any real history on RO9 Special or RO9 Special until I saw someone reference that, hey, look, instead of looking up these times, look up Studionol. Well, all of a sudden it made sense. I had some place to start. Studionol is Rodinol's overshadowed sibling. I mean, what could be worse than having your own name and everyone start calling you by your brother's name? Well, Studionol was a different developer from Rodinol, where Rodinol is a developer designed to make images sharp. Studionol 
sort of balanced between that edge sharpness and the more fine grain nature, and that's because it uses two developing agents, hydroquinone and phenidone. Well, I immediately hopped back onto Argentix and bought myself a bottle. And again, you have those three different dilutions available to you. And what makes this really unique is when you start mixing it at 1 to 15, you get a stock solution. You get a reusable, um, you get a reusable. So at the 1 to 15 dilution, you get a reusable working solution that will give you about 10 rolls of 35 millimeter within one liter, which you know what is really great because there are a ton of times out there for that one to 15. As soon as you start using the more dilute um, mixtures, that is one to 30 and one to 31, it becomes one shot. So it really depends on how much time and how many rolls of film you have to develop and how economical you want to be with your developer. And you know what? I really like Studionol as a developer. It is a great elevated general purpose developer, a little more than, say, Rodinol is. And it gives really good results because it's not afraid to let the grain show. And I saw that mostly when I developed it, um, developed HP5 with it. You get a bit of a speed loss. I had to shoot it at about three ASA 320, so not much from that full box speed of 400. It's, it does a really lovely job giving a good rendering of the classic film grain, but you don't just have to leave it with your faster films. It does a really good job with slower films also. And what's really nice is that it mixes really with water. It's almost a clear, slightly yellow liquid. You have really good shelf life. You got it about two years with, the, with it in the original bottle and three months with the 1 to 15 working solution reusable one. The contrast is amazing. There's a wide tonal range, and it works really well with both cubic and T-grain films. And one of the films I really like it with is Foma Pan 200. It just makes that film sing at the full box speed of ASA 200, and Foma Pan 200 is a film that I've always had trouble with. The problem is, is that it is difficult to find I could get it through Argentix. Unfortunately, I loved the bottle so much, I bought the last two in stock, and I'm not sure at recording that the product has been re-restored to availability. Now, if you can't find the Compard RO9 Spejel, you can also look for Rodinol Special or Bellini Photo out in Italy, have it released under the Hydrofin branding. And that is available through Freestyle, however, it's only available for shipping within the contiguous United States, or if you're a Canadian and happen to be in the area of freestyle, you can walk in and buy it that way. So it's definitely one that I highly suggest trying if you love shooting fast films and you want a nice balance between sharpness, good grain retention, and a wide tonal range. So continuing on the new to me developers, the next one I want to talk about is PhotoSpeed FD10. You can also buy it as BurrSpeed FD10, and it's another hydroquinone and phenidone developer. And again, like Studionol, FD10 is great as an elevated general purpose developer. It comes in a liquid concentrate that you mix in either a 1 to 9 or a 1 to 14 dilution. And in each case, there are two development times for each dilution and each film stock. 
both a medium and a high contrast time. And there's no difference in quality or rendering between the two dilutions. So it really all depends on the amount of film you have, the amount of time you have, and how economical you want to be. One of the best things is, is that it's available in three different volumes. You have a 250 milliliter bottle, a one liter bottle, and a five liter bottle. So if you're doing a lot of film or run a small to medium commercial lab setup that uses either a Jobo or a dip and dunk system, FD10 is a great catch-all developer for your high volume needs. The one thing you need to watch out for is the shelf life. That is its fatal flaw. In the bottle itself, unopened, they say it has a year, and then once it's opened, you have three to four months. I kind of question those numbers, and the reason is, is that there's no actual foil sealing on the bottle itself. It's just a plastic cap on a plastic bottle. Now, this is a 250 version. I don't know if the one liter or the five liter one. And another problem is, is that when my bottle arrived, it was dated as used before June 2022. It's June 2023. Now, I started working with this at the end of April, beginning of May. And at that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's still sealed, kind of. So maybe I'll give it one, two months tops. Unfortunately, within a month, we had a catastrophic failure of the developer. It had gone from a pale yellow to a deep orange, and it severely underdeveloped roll, my last roll of film through it. So you really have to watch out. And if you are using an expired bottle, use it as quickly as possible within one to two, three weeks tops. But the films that worked were absolutely wonderful. Now, I only used the one to nine dilution and one of the one to 14 dilutions and used the medium contrast times. And you know what? I think that that is really the sweet spot because it's a fairly contrasty developer, especially when you're shooting contrasty films in contrasty conditions. But you get a beautiful tonality and contrast with it and on a sharp like t-grain delta grain film you end up with a really crispy image delta 100 just was so sharp that i thought i would cut my eyes out with the images yeah it's a really nice looking developer it works really well again availability is the problem here in Canada, you can get it shipped to you from freestyle but it seems to be a more prevalent developer over in Europe. And you know what? I personally don't see a need for FD10 within my developing, but I, I honestly believe it would make a great starter developer for someone who doesn't want to mess around with powder and just wants a great catch-all developer that works in that nice 100 to 400 speed that a lot of people start with. So speaking of high contrast developers, it was something that always really frightened me. A developer was described as high contrast. And I really shouldn't have been as scared as I was because I've used Rodinol and that is definitely a high contrast developer. But there are some developers out there that really, really take that high contrast style and crank it up to 11. And I tried one for the first time this year and that's being Kodak D19. This was originally designed with two applications in mind. First, as a fast acting low fog developer to ensure that press photographer films were developed and ready to be wired home at a very short turnaround stage. And if you're of a certain age, you're going to remember that really contrasting black and white images that you saw in the newspapers. And 
That's because they were developed using probably a high contrast developer like Kodak D19 and then sent over the wire. The second use of it is for developing infrared, dry plate, x-ray, and holography films. Again, where speed is really of the essence and contrast is again a thing, right? You're often dealing with um, transparencies or plates that are already slow speed and fine grain as it is. And infrared films are just notoriously grainy and have plenty of contrast anyways. I've never shot holography, so I can't really speak to that. So the really nice thing is that while Kodak D19 is no longer available, you can purchase near perfect copies either through the photographer's formulary or our friends at Flick Film. They produce fantastic clones that are easy to mix. Plus, you can look up the developing formula online and make it yourself from raw chemistry. And the nice thing is, is that there are still films around today that can make good use of D19. I'm, of course, talking about the fact that there are still dry plates being made. J-Lane and Zebra both produce fantastic dry plates, which work well with either pyro developers, um, HC-110, or D19. And there are IR films. There's Roll-Eye IR-400 and near-IR films like Superpan 200 and SFX 200. And yeah, x-ray film is still a thing and it's still being used. Of course, don't just stick yourself to that. I found it worked really well with Ilford Pan F, Delta 100. Those are the two that really stood out in my crowd. And Acros 100 too are excellent options for this film. Now, the nice thing is that you can use this in either a reusable stock solution, which has a six-month shelf life, and enough power to process 60 rolls of film. Or you can dilute it down one-to-one or one-to-two when it suddenly becomes a one-shot developer. The one thing you need to worry about is the fact that there's not a lot of publicly available developing times for this. But there are a couple of starting points. I found some older documentation that sort of put the stock solution, you start at five minutes, and a one-to-one dilution, you start at nine minutes. And then you can just really work from there. I don't really see this um, D19 being a part of my regular developing kit, but it'll be a good one, especially if I get around to doing more photography reenactments and shooting a lot of FOMAPAN 400. There's some developing times available for that in stock dilution. So it's very easy to buy a pack online, shoot a ton of film, and just develop it later. Or, you know, do it in the field like they would have done back then. The second high contrast developer I worked with this year is FOMADON LQR. And yes, FOMA does more than just film and paper. They also have a lot of clone and original developer chemistry. LQR is designed to be a part of their reversal kit designed around Fan 100R. So fresh off D19, I had high hopes for LQR. Mixed from liquid, um, and you just dilute it 1 to 10. That's the only dilution available. And you just go from there. The problem is, is that a lot of the available times focus on FOMA films. They have times for 100, 200, and 400 but you also have films like Delta 404 available. And you know what? The results were okay. Um, I really liked what I got from FOMAPAN 100, 
and Fomapan 400. These are um, and Fomapan 400. You get dark, rich, rather pleasing tones. I just wish I had shot it under better conditions than a low-light party room at a bowling alley. But the Fomapan 100 was absolutely wonderful. I shot that under very contrasty lighting conditions, and it's just really punchy. The FP4 results were excellent. Again, no surprise, I love FP4. It's a really great film, and I thought it did a really good job. I wasn't 100% pleased with what I got from Delta 400. I found that it made it a little more low contrast, but I think I might have overdeveloped it in this case. So what can you do? I personally don't see myself using LQR anytime soon unless I start working with the FOMA reversal kit. And again, black and white reversal is a whole other ball game and wasn't exactly my favorite process to do. Thankfully, it is difficult to get here in North America. I was able to grab a bottle off of Argentix and I really don't see a need for it. Well, that covers off some of the exotic developers I've been working with. They aren't really for everyone, and that's okay. But if you want something a little bit extra, I highly recommend trying out Studionol and D19, and of course the FPP ECN kit. And what's really nice is through the rest of the year, I have some more unique chemicals to come across my desk, including Neofin Blue, Fomadon LQN, Diafine and Formulary FX2. So if any of these developers I've talked about today have sparked an interest to you, you can find links to full reviews of some of them on the episode notes, along with links on where I have purchased the developers before. Until next time, my friends, my name's Alex Lokes. Get out there, stay safe, and remember, don't drink the road now.